welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets, episode number 102. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you. Today we are previewing the Reese's Senior Bowl, which is coming up next weekend. So I want to talk about some guys that I think the Jets should maybe keep an eye on. Uh, there might be players off this list uh, that that I don't get to, which is completely fine. But I'm going to talk about some guys that interest me. Uh, and then we're going to do your voicemails as per usual. But before we get started, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. But don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion this v-day it's time to join the four million men worldwide who trust manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming with our exclusive offer go to manscaped.com and use my promo code jets 20 that is j-e-t-s two zero for 20 percent off and free shipping you don't want to be caught off guard you want to be prepared get yourself prepared with manscaped and my promo code jets 20 so Who are some guys that I think the New York Jets should be looking at at the Senior Bowl? Now, they have this wonderful opportunity because the Houston Texans are, well, an unmitigated disaster. They just didn't know what they were doing uh, with their head coach. They then decided to move on, and they are in the midst of a coaching search. So instead, what the Jets are going to do is they're going to get their place, which is, hey, it benefits the Jets. So this is a good thing. We're happy about this. Uh, So there's really three positions, well, two that I'm focusing on, but there's one guy that I think is worthwhile to mention um, at at another position. But the Jets have uh, the luxury of sending some of their staff down there and to uh, take a look at some of these guys who, well, should be, uh, you know, one, at least considered to be drafted, right? And number two, like these are the ones I'm going to talk about, at least are positions of need. Uh, So let's get it started. Wide receivers. So most of the big name wide receivers are not going to be at the senior bowl. Um, But there's one who draws my eye and that's Yon Dotson uh, from Penn state. And he is a speedster, right? So if the jets want to go a completely different direction, like I myself am a Traylon Burks fan, Garrett Wilson's one who could go at the top of the draft. Uh, Maybe that they'd be interested in maybe Drake London. But if the Jets decide, you know what? We want to go a different direction in the first round. And instead, we're going to wait until the top of the second round, which is something they did last year, to take a wide receiver. Then someone like Dotson is intriguing. But here's the thing. I don't know if he makes it to the second round. He might go at the back half of the first when you have like, I don't know. To me, I I have circled like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Green Bay Packers, guys like that or teams like that could be looking to draft a wide receiver in this year's draft class. And a guy like Dotson would be a really explosive player on those teams. So the Jets might have to get a little lucky for him to be there in the second round. Um, I don't know if he makes it that far. I also don't think he would be someone the Jets would take at 10. I, I think, well, at least from my perspective, I prefer some other receivers over Dotson. But he's an interesting one where 
you could kind of see like if the justice wanted to go all out speed maybe they do or maybe then that's where you trade up and like i don't know let's say you used your you went offensive line to kobe dean and then you trade up uh and, and try to get dots in there that's probably not my preferred plan but he's good enough to at least talk about from this group the next batch is the one that I am most excited for, and that is tight end. And if the Jets don't come away with one of these guys, I am going to be extremely disappointed because the Jets have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five tight ends that they are working with. And four of them are like my favorites in this draft class. So you have Trey McBride, who is probably uh, the, the best one of that group. Um, you have Charlie Kohler, Jeremy Rockert, Cole Turner. Um, that's four. I wrote Trey McBride twice anyway. Um, but McBride, you got to come away with one of these guys. I like McBride one Rutgert two. Um, oh, I know who I'm missing is Ferguson from Wisconsin. I like Ferguson too. Uh, but he's probably someone who maybe you don't get in the second or third round. He might be like a fourth rounder that you take a flyer on. But if I'm the New York Jets, I'm looking to sign a tight end and then draft one of these guys. And you have the perfect opportunity now because you can run it in the offense that you're trying to implement in the NFL and see which guy sticks and which one you want to go out and get. It seems like a no-brainer here that you see what these guys have and you pick your favorite. Trey McBride, Jeremy Rucker, those two are my two favorite. McBride, because I think he's the best in this class. Rucker, because, I mean, let's be honest, local kid, come back, Jet fan. Like, that's an awesome story. And, like, at Ohio State, he did a lot of different things in that offense. Again, McBride's probably the better of the two, but it all depends on what your draft strategy is. If you don't want to use pick 35 or 38, on a tight end and you'd rather wait till the third round. Well, you could probably do that with Rucker. I don't know if McBride is going to be there in the third round. He's probably going to go in the top 50, I'd imagine. So um, it's all dependent on what you want to do at that point. Kohler, Turner, to me, those are more like fourth round guys. But um, I think Rucker is probably, I would say, you know, top of the third round. So um, come away with one of them. Or if you don't even come out with one in free agency like let's say Dalton Schultz gets franchise tagged and you don't want to I don't know spend on a on a risk like an Evan Ingram or uh David Njoku or an OJ Howard would you be upset if they drafted two tight ends I don't I don't think I would I think I'd be intrigued by it it's again not my preferred plan but you have to be able to pivot depending on what happens in in free agency uh and the draft before um so yeah, and then the last position that I want to get into is linebacker. I think the Jets need to add at this position in both free agency and the draft. And the two that are going to be there that at least draw my attention is Devin Lloyd, who's probably the number one linebacker in this class. So if you want to take him, you probably have to do so at 10, or unless you trade back maybe for one of those picks. But he's probably going to go in the top half of the first round. And Chad Mumma, who is an intriguing day two guy, I think he's a probably late second, early third round guy um, who has some intriguing upside. So this upcoming week, we're going to hear about all the different guys that are working out with the Jets, who looks good, who doesn't, all that fun stuff. But the ones who I just listed off are really, one, positions of need, and two, guys that I could see the Jets draft. Maybe not Dotson as much, but he's good enough to you know, enter on this list and talk about on this list. But 
I would assume that the Jets are going to be very active in both free agency and the NFL draft at both tight end and linebacker. So that's why I talked about those two. I think uh, it makes sense to come away with some of those guys. So let me know on social media or in the comments on YouTube if you're watching. Uh, if you're listening, just come at me on, on social media. And uh, let me know who you want to see the Jets really look into at the Senior Bowl. Let me know because I think this is going to be fun. So without further ado, you know what time it is. Let's get into those voicemails. Getting us started is Vinny in Peekskill, and he's got a little bit of a rant for us. All right, Vin, let's hear it. Hey, Matt, it's Vinny from Peekskill. I just want to call because i got to get this rant off my shoulders. It is obviously, you know, I'm calling the day after the Bills and Chiefs had that epic showdown at Arrowhead, and, of course, it caused all the idiots in the Jets' Twitter world to come out of the woodwork and think somehow the Jets made a massive mistake not drafting Josh Allen and somehow imagining that the Jets under Todd Bowles, Mike McCagney, and Adam Gates would have somehow made him reach even a fraction of his current potential. Like, need I remind everybody that the Jets at that time, to quote, retired Royal Navy sailor and current YouTube gamer, the mighty Jingles, couldn't find their own ass with a flashlight, <laughs> a map, and handwritten instructions. Oh, wow. I mean, can we stop pretending like that the Jets would have somehow made him anywhere near this? Like, he was incredibly raw coming out yeah. of college. He needed to go to a perfect situation with excellent coaching and a front office that would be able to properly build around him. Then you made it in your video a while back on the Sam Donald, Josh Allen stuff. The Jets did everything wrong. And there's no thing that would tell me the Jets would have changed anything they would have done had they taken Josh Allen. So can we stop acting like somehow this is some great mistake, like the Marino O'Brien of the 1980s? Because it's not. We would have do he would he would have been doomed on the Jets just as much as Sam was. Like, honestly, I think at this point you might want to make a video explaining this because they still can't seem to get it. But that's <laughs> all. Go Jets. Uh, Vinny, your passion is something that I very much love, and I think you are spot on. I said it on on Twitter because there's people like never never forget the Jets drafted Sam Darnold over Josh Allen, which. That I just hate the revisionist history bullshit that comes up with during these things. Nobody had Josh Allen higher than Sam Darnold, or very, very, very few. Most people had Sam Darnold as the number one overall pick in that draft class. The if you if if you remember what the conversation for Jets fans were, it was not. Josh Allen, it wasn't Lamar Jackson, it wasn't Sam Darnold because he we everyone thought he was going to be God. It was should the Jets draft Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield? Because everyone thought, all right, Darnold gone to the Bengals. Number two, the Giants. We don't know if they're going to go quarterback, but they might go Saquon Barkley. And then you have your pick of the litter. Now I wanted I went into that draft and I thought I was a Baker guy. I wanted Baker Mayfield and I thought that. He was going to be the one who would be available. I had Rosen as my third quarterback. I had Lamar as my fourth. And I had Allen as my fifth. And if you look at how inaccurate Josh Allen was at Wyoming, 
and then his first two years in the league. It's downright crazy the kind of turnaround he had in year three, the leap that he made. And the argument is a true talent shines. Well, if that were the case, then he would be great in year one. It wasn't like a Justin Herbert situation. If you want to say that about the Dolphins selecting Tua over uh, Justin Herbert, that's fine because at least Herbert came into the league and was great from day one. It took Allen three years to become the player that he is now. And as you said, just go to Adam Gase, Dowell Loggins, Jeremy Bates. They're going to turn Josh Allen into what he is today. I don't buy that for a second. And I like Allen is a is a bona fide stud at the quarterback position. What we saw a couple weeks ago in the divisional round was insane. Insane. But that you can't convince me that this guy isn't out of the league if he comes to the Jets because of how piss poor he was in his first two years and how an amazing coaching staff and a great stable front office helped their young quarterback. So I don't look at it that way. I really don't. Rob is up next. He's calling in from New Jersey. He's got some takes on free agency. Hey, Matt, this is Rob in New Jersey. Um, Wants to talk more about free agency and kind of who the Jets targets should be. Um, I think a lot of Jets fans have kind of written off the idea of Devontae Adams coming here. Um, it is kind of like that pipe dream want, but if you look closer to the numbers, um, if they wanted to franchise tag him, it'd be $20 million. Um, I don't think Rodgers is coming back after that playoff loss, so I think it's going to be harder for Green Bay to kind of retain him. Um, with their calorie, uh, salary cap issues already, I just don't see the Green Bay will be able to retain him. Even if they do franchise tag him, it's $20 million. Um, I think there really is a strong possibility. And I also think they should target Brandon Scherf. Um, with this kind of youthful movement on the offensive line, I feel like they need that veteran leader on the offensive line to help out. Um, I think maybe even overpaying him isn't a bad idea. Uh, you kind of need that guy who's been there, done that. He's had a lot of success in the NFL. And someone who could kind of teach the young guys on that group. Give him a four-year deal. Obviously, you're probably 16, 17 million a year, but I think a deal like that for him is worth it. Um, and then the last guy I wanted to talk about, these are all kind of on the pricier uh, side, free agents, but um, Jesse Bates, the safety from Cincinnati, I think he's another good option for us. Um, you know, obviously Marcus May, we should let him walk. Um, there's a couple good uh, other good options, but Jesse Bates, only 24 years old, is going to be 25. The guy's just insanely good in coverage. Um, and I think in the draft, we, sh- we should go offense with those first two picks. So, mm-hmm. you know, getting someone like Jesse Bates kind of to hold it down with that young secondary uh, would be a nice way to go. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on those three. Sure. And I uh, love the show. Go Jets. Love it. Um, now, all those guys that you mentioned are very, very, very good football players. Uh, the one that I think that you said that makes the most sense is the last one in Bates. I'm a, I'm a Marcus Williams guy. I want to grab Williams from the saints, but believe me, I would be thrilled with Bates. I think he's a phenomenal football player. There's a bunch of safeties hitting the market that 
I think would be a good addition to this team. And Bates is absolutely one of them. And I'd be happy if they added him. My thing with Adams and Sheriff, phenomenal players. So you're right with the franchise tag. And now this call was before the news later in the week where Adam said that he would be looking for $30 million a year, which is just flat out wild. <laughs> um, insane. I don't know. I don't think the Packers are going to be able to keep him. I don't know where he is going to go, but I would be floored if Joe Douglas gave out $30 million to a wide receiver. I would, I don't, I don't see it personally. And with Sheriff, the thing that scares me and he is, a stud, probably the best right guard. There's a pause here for a sec for a reason. When he's healthy, he gets hurt a ton, a ton. I'll pull it up right now because it has me curious. Uh, but the amount of games he's played over the last few years—that's what scares me off. Giving him big time money. Because it's not like, oh, well, there's that one year where he missed time. It's every year. He played 11 games this year, 13-11-8. He went 16-16-14 his first three years, which is good. Then 8-11-13-11 the last. So he missed six games this year, three in 2020, five in 2019, and eight in 2018. Over the last three years, he's a pro bowler, pro bowler and all pro, and Pro Bowler. So three straight Pro Bowl appearances and an All-Pro in there. But that, that that is a grave injury concern because it's happened now three or four years in a row. Um, but I like your thought on uh, going offense with the early two picks. I think that's something they strongly consider. Jesse's calling in from New Jersey, and he wants to talk about Corey Davis. All right, what do we got? Hey, Matt, this is Jesse from New Jersey. I'm calling in um, to talk a little bit about Corey Davis. So I'm a little concerned about his ability to take plays for the Jets. He's had issues with drops, not just with the Jets, with the Titans as well. But I have some optimism considering when the Jets had Eric Decker, and Eric Decker was the Jets' best receiver, and Eric Decker was not very good. And then the following year, they went out and got Brandon Marshall, and then Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall were like the one and two punch in the league. So I think that if the Jets bring in a true number one, or at the very least just get some just – fill up on talent via the draft or wherever, I think that Corey Davis can shine and maybe have a 1,000-yard season. He did so in Tennessee. He didn't get quite to 1,000 yards, but when A.J. Brown had a breakout season last year, um, Corey Davis had 960 yards, something like that. So I think if Corey Davis is paired with another – stud player, I think that uh, that his, his production will go up. That's, you know, half the thing optimistic with this team. All right, well, thanks for the time, and go Jets. 
All right. Appreciate it as always. Um, a couple things to digest here. I think you bring up an interesting comparison to Eric Decker. And the thing that at least I see Eric Decker and Corey Davis, the both of them are in my eyes, like a perfect number two receiver. I think they are both very, very good receivers. I don't think either of them really a number one receiver, which is fine. You need more uh, players like that. You need to round out a roster like that. Um, I think it was just, I'm not necessarily saying Jesse here, but just in general, I think some Jet fans were expecting Corey Davis to come in here and be something that he wasn't uh, this past year. And he drops were never really an issue before this year with him. Hopefully that's something that goes away. But I think he could still be a versatile piece. I'm not necessarily as down on him as others are. Decker in his first year, I don't think he was awful. He had like 960 yards and five touchdowns with uh, Geno Smith and the corpse of Michael Vick throwing the football. Um, So he was okay. Obviously a lot better in that second year when they got a bona fide number one, but I think that's why I want to add another wide receiver, you know, in either via trade or the, through the draft. And now your starting three would be Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and insert trade slash draft guy here. And then now you're cooking. Now you have something. Uh, so if the point is that they have to add more, then yeah, we're in lockstep, Jesse. I just, I don't think I'm as down on Corey Davis as either you are or the rest of the fan bases. Ethan's calling in. He's calling in from Canada, actually, and he wants to talk about the linebackers. Hey, Matt. This is Ethan calling from Ontario, Canada. Big fan of the show. Um, I have a question for you about our linebacking core moving forward. Um, obviously, CJ Mosley had a great bounce-back season, and I was really happy about that. But I was wondering what your thoughts are about what moves we can make moving forward. I thought Gerard Davis wasn't really helpful, and – Although Quincy Williams made some plays, I'm not sure if I'm totally sold on him. I'm just wondering if you think you're happy with the linebacking core or if there's guys you'd like to go out in the draft. I know you said N'Kobe Dean on some of Possibly, the other pods, yeah. but I'm not sure if he's the play at 10, and I'm not sure if he totally slides into the second round. Um, so just wondering if you have any guys, like maybe in the later rounds, that you'd like to go and get, or if there's anybody in free agency that you'd like to pick up or if you're just happy with the linebacking core in general thanks for taking my call and go jet love it man thank you so much for calling in uh i am not happy with the linebacker core i think they need more cj mosley had a nice year was it phenomenal i don't think it was phenomenal i I think it was pretty good i thought he was pretty solid but they need more he needs more help clearly um I, I like uh quincy williams as someone who like can rotate in i don't think he's a starter he gets lost just way, 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 way too often. He hits really hard, and like he's fun to root for. Uh, he's flying around the field, but I, I, he's just too inconsistent to be a regular starter, I think. Um, some free agents, Devondre Campbell, who's probably going to be a little bit more on the costly side. Uh, Anthony Walker Jr. from the Browns, I think, will be a little bit more cost-efficient. He's a tackling machine. Um and maybe like a Christian Harris in the second round from Alabama or a, a Chad Mumma, who I mentioned earlier, who you are looking at, uh, is someone who could maybe be grabbed in the third round. But I would expect the Jets to look at uh, linebacker in free agency and then maybe in the, somewhere in the mid-round, second, third, fourth round in that range. 
Uh, I think that would make a ton of sense for this team. Let's go Drew in North Carolina. He wants to go wide receiver talk. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Matt, it's Drew from Charlotte, North Carolina. I just had a quick question. Um, why not sign a Calvin Ridley slash Amari Cooper and still draft a receiver like Traylon Burks with the number two? Hey, Matt, it's Drew from Charlotte, North Carolina. I just had a quick question. Um, why not sign a Calvin Ridley slash Amari Cooper and still draft a receiver like Traylon Burks with the number 10 overall pick? Just give me your thoughts. Thanks, man. Ooh. Um, so, Ridley, you're probably going to – I don't think they're going to cut him, so you'd have to trade for him. Amari Cooper's under contract, but I guess it's someone who could be cut, so maybe you could sign him, but – if you're giving up a, a draft pick to get one of those guys and then using another draft pick to take a receiver, that's more than likely two of your top 40 picks to wide receiver. I'm good with one of those going to wide receiver. Both, I just think they have too many other needs. And I'm not saying ignore the position. Obviously, they need help there. Uh, but is Ridley, Moore, Davis, Burks, Berrios, that's, that's great. That's a lot of fun, but they... They also have, uh, you know, some other other needs to look at. Um, so I probably wouldn't do that. I, I think that's on the overkill side. I would lean towards no. Next up, we got Matt calling in from Ohio. He's got a mock. Hey, Matt. This is also Matt from Ohio calling in again. Um, I had a mock draft scenario that I wanted to go over with you. I actually did the uh, the PFN mock draft simulator. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to tell you some of my picks. Um, don't worry where they are. I traded back a few times. But um, just to give you a little background, um, one, two, three, it went Neal, Thibodeau, um, and then Hutchinson. So I traded back from four. Um, and my first pick ended up being at 10. I took Garrett Wilson. Cool. receiver from Ohio State. My next pick was 22. I took Tyler Linderbaum, uh, center from Iowa. Uh, at 35, the second-round pick, I took Trayvon Walker, the edge from Georgia. 38, I doubled down again on edge. Uh, I took Cameron Thomas from San Diego State. Hmm. 46, I had Trey, Trent McDuffie was still on the board. I took him, the cornerback from Washington. At 53, uh, Trey McBride was there. I don't know if that's realistic, though. Uh, the tight end from Colorado State. Uh, pick 69, I took Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama. Oh. Pick 77, I took Jake Ferguson, uh, a tight end from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And then at 86, I took John Mechie, the third wide receiver from Alabama at 86. This was only a three-round mock draft. Okay. Um, I did this with the premium positions and kind of who is the highest-ranked player on the board at the same time. So I kind of just took what the board gave me, Fair. Uh, traded back when it made sense. So. Just wanted to get your thoughts on on that three-round mock. Um, I think some of the picks are a little unrealistic, but um, just wanted to get your overall thoughts. Uh, thanks again, and go Jets. Thank you uh, for calling in. And I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think uh, Christian Harris falls that far. Trent McDuffie, I don't think, falls that far. Uh, McBride, I don't think, falls that far. But I like, I mean, I like the players that you went after. And if the board miraculously felt that fell that way then sure go for it dude um even i don't think linderbaum gets to 22 um but if that's the way that the board falls then fine you 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 take it how how it how it falls right i don't know if i want to fall from four to all the way back to 22 um 
you know, I probably wouldn't want to go past pick 20, I don't think. Um, I'd probably want to stay in the top half, if we're being honest. But um, I like you attacked all, all the positions you attacked were positions of need. The one other thing, I don't know if I would double up on edge, but the amount of swings you had, it's not like it necessarily mattered a whole lot that you did that. Um, but maybe in that spot, instead of taking the second edge, then you would take McBride there just because that's probably where he's going to go. I would be surprised if he was there at almost 60. Would you say 58 or 53, something like that? Um, but overall, good stuff. I love it. Jake in New Jersey, he is up next, and he wants to talk about MetLife. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Matt, what's up? It's uh, Jake from Jersey. i got an interesting topic after listening to your uh, most recent video about three biggest disappointments, especially about the injuries. I remember last year, was it, or maybe in 2020, I'm not sure, but wasn't MetLife supposed to switch over from surf to actual, like, real grass? I just isn't that don't you think it's like a big part of the injuries? Uh, I mean, I've always heard that with turf, and especially I think like a big indicator of that was the 49ers game last year. Oh yeah, when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, and like the entire defensive line for the 49ers got hurt at MetLife. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just seem like that's a common denominator too. With, I mean, the Jets injuries, and that is our home field. Do you have any, like, update or anything with that? Did you hear anything about them actually switching over to grass? Like, is that a real thing? Or hopefully it is. But let me know, man. Thanks. So I did hear that rumor, but I haven't heard anything. That was a while ago, right? I think Boomer Esiason said it. Um, I haven't heard. I honestly haven't heard anything since. I hope they don't switch to grass. I think grass fields look awful. Um, and I know, like, the turf monster and getting the guys getting hurt on turf. Um so maybe they'll change the turf, but I would be surprised if they went to natural grass in the in the northeast. Like that's tough to play on. I think they, like I said, maybe they switch the kind of turf they use. But I think I'd be really surprised if they went to natural grass after all these years. I don't think they do it. Um, it is interesting though. Because it, it does seem like there are a lot of injuries on that field. What do they do? I don't know. I don't really have a good answer for you. It's kind of out of my expertise. But I I, I, th- I just feel like I would be surprised if they went to grass. I feel like that would almost be going backwards. But, again, we'll see. Uh, Will is up next. He has a mock, too. All right, Will. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. Will calling from Dallas. Um, I got a mock draft for you. I use the PFF. Um, mock draft simulator. I don't know how uh, how great that thing is. You'll have to let me know if you've used it or or what you think of it. Um, I just don't like the draft machine just because. I mean, you got to pay to make trades, which I think is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so I had at pick four, Thibodeau was still on the board. Um, obviously, I was only controlling the Jets. Kyle Hamilton went at three. Um, okay. for the Texans, so Thibodeau is there. That's a no-brainer for me. I think Ike Aquanu is someone you take if uh, Neil Hutchinson and Thibodeau are gone. Yep. Um, I don't think you can pass up on Thibodeau. But then at pick 10, I have Stingley still on the board. So I traded uh, – you had a caller last week that did the same thing, and I, I think it's very realistic. I have the Ravens moving up, mm-hmm. giving us pick 14, a future second, 
and a fourth rounder to move up to 10 to take Stingley. Okay. So then at 14, Drake London was still on the board. I like Traylon Burks a little bit more, but he was gone at eight uh, to the Falcons. So I, I got Drake London there. Then I have us jumping the Patriots to pick 20 uh, in a trade with the Steelers. We gave them a round two next year, around the Ravens round two, and a third round pick swap to move up to 20 and take N'Kobe Dean. That's cool. Then I got I like pick that. 36, Lewis and pick 38, Trey McBride. Um, I think those picks could swap. Maybe McBride goes first, and then you get Lewis Dean, uh, depending who's still on the board. Yep. Richter was off the board. Battle is going back to school. So that's what I had. Um, obviously, I think this is a best-case scenario for the Jets. I mean, you get, you get a starting tight end, safety, yep. linebacker, receiver, and edge rusher in the first two rounds, which would be insane. But I think uh, if PFF is correct, then – at least in trade value, I think it's a good trade. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, what do you think about this JoJo demand, dude? I was looking at him on the on PFF. Dude's a freak. Six one two thirty played corner, safety, linebacker. Came off the edge for for uh, Nebraska. And man, the dude looks like he could be uh, the next Micah Parsons. Probably not playing up to that level, but the versatility of him or Isaiah Simmons is awesome. I think Soller and uh, Ulbrich would love it. So, yeah, just want your opinion on those, uh, the draft and the mock draft and JoJo Demand. Um, appreciate everything you do. Appreciate the content. You're one of the best out there. And as always, thank you. Jets. Uh, thank you, man. Much appreciated on the kind words. Um, I like this mock. I mean, it's kind of – it's a little bit similar to the one that came in last week where you trade up. Uh, but you're <laughs> – Again, crushing it and getting starting caliber guys in here. That's really important uh, for this team. Um, JoJo Demand. He's someone who looks like he's on the rise, right? From what everything I see about him, you know, outside linebacker, could be screaming off the edge too. Like, I don't know. I feel like he could do a little bit of everything, which is kind of what you hinted at, right? He, uh, he, like I said, he does a little bit of everything, which is almost similar to what like Nasrul Dean did in a way. So he's probably like a better version of that. Um, I don't know how realistic it would be for the Jets to grab him. They do like athletes. I'll give them that. Uh, so maybe they do. But from the little that I do know about him, he is absolutely a freakish athlete who could do a little bit of everything on the football field. So that does intrigue me a lot. Again, I don't. he's not like one of my guys where I say like, oh yeah, the Jets got to go out and they got to grab him, but there's upside there for sure. Uh, Ryan from Florida wants to talk O-line. All right, dude, let's do it. Hey, Matt. Uh, huge, huge fan here. Uh, Thank you. My name is Ryan coming from uh, Florida. Um, I just had an idea, and it's been kind of eating away at me. Make a long story short, uh, what do you think of this idea? Um, I know that Fant is supposed to come back on a $10 million deal, or we'd have him available for a $10 million deal for one more year. Uh, what about trying to extend him to like a two-year, maybe $22 million, not knowing what's going on with uh, Makai Becton? Um, if you offer also a two-year deal to um, to Fant, because you don't—I'm uh, sorry—to um, 
Morgan Moses and also to Tardif, just okay. so you can kind of give yourself some breathing room over the next two drafts to see what you can haul in. Um, going out there in free agency and picking up a stud number one, true number one wide receiver and a true stud tight end. Um, and as far as free agency is concerned, um, and re-signing our guys, going out there getting like a Demario Davis. I know that the Saints are in big, huge problems over there, uh, trying to trade for him and, um, maybe going ahead and trying to pick up, uh, an edge guy or maybe a, uh, a true corner. Um, at that point, you know, you re-sign Marcus May. It's a one-year deal. Prove it that you can do it coming back from injury. And then in the draft, you can pick up, uh, um, you know, your number one uh, offensive lineman and uh, maybe uh, edge rusher in the first round. The second round, pick up a tight end and a bigger, stout, um, almost fullback-like running back to kind of give that extra oomph that, makes that we need um, and then going from there. Um, I think that would really solidify our team a lot better than where it is now. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Thank you. Um, so a couple things. I like the idea of trying to like make sure that the offensive line is all set for your young quarterback, right? Um, the thing that I think is going to be a little bit difficult is based on how Fant played this year, I don't know if he will take that much of a team-friendly deal right now. Uh, and then the second thing is, if Fant is re-signing, I, in a perfect world, yeah, Morgan Moses comes back in his depth for you, but I think he's going to want a, a spot to go to a place where he can start. I don't think he's going to want to come here and just be you know, a, a, a backup. I really don't. Um, I, I think he's going to want to – he played well this year. Someone's going to give him an opportunity. Um, so I think I'd be surprised if they retained both of them in, in that way. Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's not impossible, and that's gr- great. I love the depth, but I just don't know. Like if I'm, more, if I'm Morgan Moses, do I want to stick around here and hope there's an injury and, and then you get your spot? I, and I, I understand it from the Jets side too and wanting to do that because you don't know with Makai, I guess, but it's, I don't know. That's the one spot where you, you lost me. I don't know how likely that is. And the last thing I'll say with the Saints, they got to take advantage, whether it's trade or whether it's through free agency and not being able to retain their guys because they're going to be in massive turnover, I think. I think we're going to see a lot of change there. Last one, we're going to go Mamoon in Houston. What do you got? Hey, Matt. This is uh, Mamoon Hindi from Houston. First-time caller. I'm a big fan. So, Thank you. My question, well, it's not really a question. It's more of, a, I guess, a comment, just a, an opinion. Uh, so I was thinking about Adam Gase, and I know that uh, we should probably let it go, but I was thinking about <laughs> this. So at the time, the Jets were looking at what I think Adam Gase, Matt Rule, and uh, Mike McCarthy. Yep. And if you kind of look at kind of like how things went, Mike McCarthy 
couldn't do much with a really, really good team. And he honestly, to me, he was a bad coach. And you look at Matt Rule, he had to fire his OC. And there's some there's some shitty thing. Oh, sorry, curse. There's some bad things going on over there. They're the old Jets, getting Robbie, getting uh, Sam, and they just have a big QB controversy. They do. And they, quite frankly, they need a new QB anyway, just in general. And then you look at Adam Gase. We obviously know dumpster fire. That was horrible, horrible, horrible. But I was wondering, I was going to ask you what you think about this. I actually think it's out of those three, the best option was Gase. Because if you think about it, if we hired Mark McCarthy, he still would have probably been bad. But what, yeah. we would have hovered around 500. And if we got uh, Matt Rule, probably maybe a little over 500. I don't know. Um, and then where would we be? If we're hovering around 500, we'd keep him for another year and then another year and then another year. See if they can work it out. But with Adam Gase, he was so unbelievably horrible. And I genuinely think he is probably like one of the this. worst coaches to ever exist. I think he's honestly worse than Hugh Jackson, right? I think Hugh Jackson is the one who uh, the went Browns? homeless in uh, Cleveland. Anyway, um, we were so unbelievably bad with Adam Gase, and it caused so much frustration and anxiety and just disappointment with the, the whole fan base that the owners literally not only had to fire him, but had to do a huge, huge just, just culture change. Just they did. Complete 180. Um, so let me know what you think. I actually think the best option of the, those three was Adam Gase because instead of just kind of revolving around mediocrity and just keeping it going, we went from really, really, really bad to hopefully maybe we're we might look good soon. Uh, we'll see. But uh, let me know what you think about that. <laughs> that's Thanks. a that's a funny way of looking at it, my man. It is. It's uh, it was awful for two years, but now you're trending in the right direction because like. McCarthy probably would have got a third year. Matt Rule probably would have got more time. Uh, and we don't know. I was I wanted Matt Rule, Cliff Kingsbury, or Todd Munkin. Those were my guys. Um, Munkin right now is the Georgia offensive coordinator. Cliff Kingsbury um, had his team in the playoffs, but they can't seem to get over the hump. And Matt Rule, I mean, it just doesn't look like it's working out in Carolina right now. But, uh, well, I am a I, – I was a big fan of his. And we'll, we'll see what happens in year three. Uh, but – yeah, they bottomed out, which I don't think they would have done with the other two guys. So if you want to look at it that way, then then you make a very fair point <laughs> because you, you found out that Darnold wasn't the guy. You got Joe Douglas, which is okay. And then, well, you got Zach and Robert Sala. So we'll see. This stuff's in the past, though. So I think the future is bright. And let's leave on that. We're going to end on that note. Future is bright. Let me know what you think in the comments below. And on social media, subscribe if you are new. Wherever you get it, please leave a rating and review. That really helps me out a lot. And I appreciate all the love and support. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.